Welcome to Season 2 of the Pursue Friends Network Podcast. My name's Brian Donahue. I'm the planner and lead pastor of this network of house churches here in Northeast Ohio. I'd like to invite you to grab your Bible, your favorite beverage, and join myself and Pastor Kristen All as we discuss God's Word and what's happening here at Pursuit Friends Church. If you need encouraged, you're listening to the right podcast. Well, thank you for joining us for a special edition of the Pursuit Friends Network podcast. I'm planner and lead pastor Brian Donahue. I'm glad you're with us today because I am so excited to share with you guys this practical ways to bless your neighbors that uh, Pursuit Friends has come up with. And this is a great document. This is a great um, idea starter. Our prayer as we develop this list of practical ways to bless our neighbors uh, is that this will stir Holy Spirit creativity and inspiration inside of you guys as you work through this list. This list will be available um, uh, to anyone that requests it. You can email Brian at PursuitFriends.org or Kristen at PursuitFriends.org, and either of us would be more than happy to email you a copy of this. We'd love your ideas and suggestions for this list as well. And this is just a starting point. I just want to give an origin story right now because what we're striving to do as a church is to focus on our individual worlds, our, our family worlds, the places that we go to every day or once a week or several times a week. We are focusing on making sure that we are living on mission as families, as individuals, everywhere we go, with everyone we meet, all the time. In realizing that the call to be a disciple is not just a Sunday morning thing, it's not just a Wednesday night thing, it is an everyday thing. So when you go to the grocery store, guess what? You are called to be a disciple and to be the hands and feet of Jesus in that grocery store. You are representing Jesus Christ himself and his light and his goodness and his mercy and grace in that grocery store while you're shopping for groceries. So while you shop for groceries, however and wherever you do that, you ought to be of the frame of mind, the mindset And you ought to have the heart as a disciple of Jesus Christ that you are looking for opportunities to interact with people and to just learn about them, to talk with them. If someone seems like they're willing to chat for a minute, go for it and be willing to linger for crying out loud every now and then in your life. When you go through the drive-thru even Be willing to linger for a minute, as long as there's not a big line behind you, that is. Be respectful of the people behind you, people. But uh, (laughs) I digress. But uh, you hear what I'm saying is, is as a church, Pursue Friends, we want to be agents of God. We want to be people who seek to bring God's way to every person, relationship, context, and project we're a part of. And here's the vision for this, uh, as Kristen wrote it. And Devin, my wife Devin, really inspired uh, the formation of this idea list for practical ways to bless your neighbors. Because so oftentimes as a pastor, we we say you ought to um, serve your neighbors, you ought to serve your coworkers. And people usually sit back and go, well, that sounds right, but how do I do that? I don't know even how to start. How do you do that? Am I supposed to read them, give them scripture verses? Am I supposed to give them a Bible? Like, am I supposed to invite them to church? How do you do that? This is just practical ways 
you won't see anything on this list that says evangelize your neighbors. This is just to serve people, to bless people, uh, maybe to give you the opportunity to develop a deeper relationship with people that you come in contact with on a daily basis. And Devin really had a heart for this to, to help us as a church. And our hope is that as this um, stirs a passion for practically blessing those around us in our own church, excuse me, that it might do the same for you if you're not a part of Pursuit Friends. And here's what Christian wrote as the vision for this practical ways to bless your neighbors. As agents of God, believers seek to bring God's way to every person, relationship, context, and project. As adopted members of his family, we know the abundant blessing of God and the security we have in his perfect character. Because we are kingdom-minded people, we seek darkness and seek to transform it. We no longer have to be looking out for ourselves. We are free to trust God with our lives and set to work on whatever opportunity we can find. Ask him to open your eyes to see where you can participate in bringing his transformation and blessing. Exclamation point right there. Here's a list to spark your Holy Spirit-led imagination as you pray through all the people you meet and the places you go each day. And I just want to make one more thing clear before I dive into this list is that this is not uh, a religious list. This is not something done in the spirit of religion or um, being judgmental. Uh, This is just an idea starter. I am not going to say to anybody in my church, have you done number four recently? Uh, How many of these have you done? Uh, I might say, hey, have you done anything? You know, I might encourage somebody and say, hey, have you done anything? You know, you you know, but I'm not going to be calling people up and saying, how's number one going for you? This is just, this is between you and the Lord. And this is just something to help stir something in your heart to get us to intentionally reach out to those that we come in contact with every day. And by the way, our definition of neighbor is not the person to the south or north or east or west of you on your street. Our definition of neighbor is everybody that you come in contact with. It's the people you live life with. It's everybody. It also includes the people to the north and south, east and west of you, on your street, on your block. But this is for everybody. So take the pressure off, okay? This is, you might, you might look at this list and say, well, it, I'll never get through this whole list. That's cool. Um, just start with one or two and see how that goes and keep practicing practical ways to bless your neighbors. Let's dive in. Drum roll, please. Maestro. I don't have a maestro. I don't know what I'm saying, but here we go. Number one, are you ready? I hope you are. Number one on practical ways to bless your neighbors, make baked goods and share them. No strings attached, just as a blessing and gesture of friendship and kindness. So what you're going to hear me do is exactly what I just did. I'm going to list the actual item or suggestion and idea, and then I'm going to, I usually have a at least a, a little type of um, extra snippet uh, to uh, um, describe it here, okay? So number one, make baked goods and share them. No strings attached, just as a blessing and gesture of friendship and kindness. I don't know about you, but I've never had anybody reject chocolate chip cookies. And maybe that person exists out there, but uh, most people are pleasantly surprised when you hand them baked goods 
whether you bought them at the store or baked them yourself, and you're sharing them. It means you're thinking of them. You thought about someone other than just yourself, uh, and you say you just—it's a friendly gesture. It's the friendliest of friendliest gestures, in my opinion, to give someone chocolate chip cookies because they're awesome, right? But see what happens, and you can do that with anybody at work, at school, a coworker, a classmate. You can do that with your neighbors. Uh, you know, all sorts of things that you can do this with. Even your mail person, the person that delivers your mail. The other day, my son, it was a particularly hot day, and my son saw the mailman coming. He said, I'm going to give him a popsicle, Dad. So he ran inside, grabbed a popsicle, and stood out by the mailbox and waited for Rich, our mailman, to come. And man, Rich was appreciative of that popsicle. And so just simple. Brody never said anything about Jesus. He just said, hey, hey, Rich, here's a popsicle, man. And uh, it was fantastic. So do stuff like that. Number two, invite them over for dinner or coffee or for dessert. Do you see the options there and the variances? It, everything doesn't have to be big. You don't. If you're if you're good with having someone over for dinner and getting to know them and preparing your house and preparing a meal for them, awesome. But it doesn't have to be that involved. It can be coffee or dessert somewhere. Um, someone that God's laid on your heart or just someone you want to get to know better. Uh, that Coffee on your back deck is fantastic or on your back porch or front porch is fantastic. You don't have to go somewhere and buy it. Just use the coffee you already got. You know, Make a dessert if you're gifted with baking and have them over and share. You know, Have that couple in the neighborhood you've been wanting to get to know over. Uh, offering some kind of treat will make engaging and discussion easier. Ask questions about their lives, what they do for work, what they do for play. Find out what they're passionate about. And this will naturally stir conversation. Uh, people love talking about what they're passionate about, what their hobbies are, what they do for work most of the time. And uh, you taking an interest in their lives uh, will spark something something in them to uh, ignite conversation back at you and to ask those questions back to you as well. And uh, number three, have a neighborhood barbecue or block party. Now, this is kind of a big deal. This is more involved. Uh, but listen, uh, you don't have to do this on your own. If you feel like you want to and you have the capacity to do that, go for it, man. Um, but listen to this, invite neighbors to pitch in with food and getting the word out. So, you know, you've got, if, if there's other couples or families or people on your street that you do know really well, um, get them involved and ask them to help organize and get stuff together and get the word out. Um, pick the backyard or driveway you're going to have the event at. Make invitations simple as best. Don't go overboard. Just simple is great with all the important information and hand deliver them so you can communicate the vision of the gathering. Uh, no strings attached, just for fun, getting to know the people on your street. Build community. Invite other believers to help you prepare and be there for support if you want to. Um, but, you know, Devin and I and our kids happen to live on one of the best streets in America, Whitmer Avenue. And uh, we just have phenomenal neighbors. And maybe our situation is a little bit different or maybe even easier because of this. But let me tell you, when the neighborhood does stuff together, it's the best thing ever. 
Um, and it's, it really does build community and it makes people smile. It makes people feel safer. It makes people feel like they're a part of something when you gather people together like this. So number three idea, have a neighborhood barbecue or block party and get others involved in that. Help let them take ownership of that. And before you know it, uh, you might see other people, um, creating other block parties as well. Uh, and it's, it could take off. You could start something in your neighborhood. Number four, listen and take note when you interact with a neighbor or coworker or whoever you come in contact with. Make sure to listen well and write down the info as soon as you can so you can actually remember to pray for them and remember their need or concern for the next time you see them. Bring it up again, and, and maybe God will give you a chance to say you've been praying for them. You know, so there, even especially like if you're in the checkout lane and you talk to, this has happened to me so often, people, you know, they deal with grumpy people coming through that checkout lane all day. And by the end of the day, a lot of people um, are grumpy themselves as they're standing at that register. And I don't know about you, but I've been the recipient of that grumpiness in a, a time or two or have just seen the effect of their workday. And man, if if you go to a grocery store on a regular basis, can I encourage you, maybe figure out which which lane strategically you need to check out in and get to know that person or start asking them, how's your day, you know, and just and then try to remember what they say. And so the next time you come, you go through the line, you can say, hey, you said last time, da, 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 how's that going for you? You know, man, that'll impact someone's day. Man, that will show them that there's good people in the world, and that would just be awesome, right? So listen well. Listening is a huge part of communication and caring for someone else. Take notes in, uh, when you interact, especially if they give you important information that would be good to remember. Number five, make a map of your neighborhood. Now, we joked around a little bit at Whitmer House like uh, that, that this has a little bit of creeper context to it. I disagree emphatically. Um, I understand why we think that, though, but uh, this is not to creep on people. This is just to help you remember who goes with each house. Literally drop a map of each house. My wife and I actually, she printed out a Google uh, like satellite image of our neighborhood. And uh, as we got to know people and meet people um, as we went on walks or whatever, um, we were able to just write down last names and the names of their people and if we met their kids or whatever. And that just helped us really remember who people are, which house they live in. And it's just handy. It's just convenient. And as you meet people and interact with them, draw, you know, put their names over their house and keep track of information you learn about them. Uh, and this is just for prayer. This isn't anything you display publicly in your house, of course. This is just to help you stay organized with who's in your neighborhood. And also, I would use this as a prayer list. I would pull this map out and pray over each household as you pray for your neighborhood. Number six, be a safe place for kids in the neighborhood to play and gather. If you have kids, make your yard and house a refuge for the kids of the neighborhood to be welcomed, loved, and cared for. You may need to set up some boundaries, but you will never regret teaching your own kids about hospitality. It is so awesome. My kids love receiving kids into the backyard or in the driveway to ride bikes or play on the playset or swings or the trampoline. 
Uh, they think it's the best thing ever to have neighborhood kids over. And it is a blessing every time we do too, because we get to show people the love of Jesus and how the kingdom of God works and operates. Most of the time we have our moments. My kids have moments where they argue and bicker and I'm frustrated with them and we have to correct that. But you know what? For the most part, it is an awesome thing to open up our yard uh, to the neighborhood kids that that want to come play and to to just have that laughter and that joy and the kid noise around and make it a safe place for them where those kids uh, feel welcome and they feel safe and that other parents, their parents feel safe about their kids playing safely in your backyard. Really great opportunity there. Number seven, celebrate birthdays in the neighborhood and at work. Devin and I don't do this as well as we'd like to. We certainly do on Facebook because Facebook has this awesome part of their uh, programming that, that tells you when people's birthdays are, if they put that into the into their own site or page. And uh, But I would encourage you, celebrate birthdays. That's good information to get from people. And uh, do that at work. Do that at school. As you get to know people and learn about them, write down their birthdays and remember to give them a card, a special treat, or gift on their birthday. However the Lord leads, whatever you can do. Um, cards are usually wonderful. People usually, it's the thought that counts, right? We don't have to spend a ton of money to bless somebody. Um, in a card with a handwritten note uh, and just the fact that you remembered their birthday and celebrated with them a little bit by giving them this card uh, makes everybody feel special and um, is is oftentimes a wonderful surprise, too, when you're not expecting it uh, from a coworker or a classmate or even someone, even your neighbor. Everyone likes the unexpected kindness of a thoughtful gift or card. It's more impacting than we think. And ladies and gentlemen, we are halfway through our list. I'm going to keep going here. I hope this is helpful to you. Number eight, develop a meal train in your neighborhood for times of need. Man, this may already exist in your neighborhood, but uh, as you get to know people and uh, you're hopefully interacting with them on Facebook or um, whatever, like, like try to be the person in the family that rallies people to the aid of neighbors or coworkers when there is a need, death in the family, or illness. Give others the opportunity to help out and support their neighbors too. Most people want to pitch in if they know about a need. Man, if, if, if your neighbor has a loss in their family and you know about it and they've shared it with you, um, don't wait. Ask them if anyone's done a meal train for them and ask them if you could please create one. It's so it's not that hard. It's pretty super easy. Ask a friend how to do it if you need help and um, rally the neighborhood. If if they think it would help, um, make it available in a in a way on where their friends and family can also access that and pitch in if they so desire. This is an incredible blessing to people going through tragedy. Um, of any kind. And so be the one to develop that and start that and uh, see what God does with that to bless those you come in contact with. Number nine, go on prayer walks in your neighborhood. Now, this is not something necessarily, this is, I'm not talking about walking around with your head, eyes closed, your head bowed, your hands folded, um, hands raised, whatever. Uh, just go on a walk and, and pray. 
And as you walk, especially if you're alone, if no one's out or, you know, no one's talking to you or whatever, um, pray over each house real quick. Just a quick prayer. You don't even have to stop and linger. Just keep walking and just pray. And maybe the Lord will start to lay things on your heart for each household. Make sure to intentionally pray over your neighborhood and place of work. Sometimes walking through such places is a great way to visualize what you're praying for and to pray specifically for individual needs. But while you're on these walks, and this is key, be aware and ready to interact with people who might be out with you. Linger with people and be willing to engage in conversation. And if you get the opportunity and they share something worth praying over, go for it. Ask them if you can pray for them. Tell them, actually, this is where you can really be bold. You can say, you know, I'm actually out here walking and praying over the neighborhood uh, just asking God's blessing and safety and security and health. And um, since I'm out here doing this and you mentioned this thing, do you mind if I pray for you right now? And they'll either say yes or no. And they may or may not let you put a hand on their shoulder or whatever uh, while you pray, but just make it simple. Make it, sh- it doesn't have to be long and drawn out, heartfelt, and go for it. That could really impact someone's life. Number 10, plan a fall celebration in your neighborhood. You can do this with Christmas. You can do this with just about any holiday. Um, invite neighbors or coworkers to pitch in the planning and invite the neighbors. Invite your coworkers. Invite everybody involved that would like to be a part of it. Make this gathering uh, have a theme, whatever theme or, or holiday you're celebrating. Organize a potluck. Um, have games, uh, maybe crafts for the kids if you really want to get fancy. You don't have to, but and give people a reason to gather together to promote community. The holidays, even though they're busy, especially Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, um, if people love gathering together, we do a Christmas one almost every year. We It was harder through the pandemic, but um, Devin and I, first year we were in our house, did a Christmas gathering. We were pleasantly surprised by how many people showed up. And we just did dessert. Bring your favorite pie dessert. Um, and then we judged them and ranked them. And uh, had li- Devin had little gifts to give out. And it was fun. And they wanted to do it again the next year. It was fantastic. People started asking, are you doing the party again? Um, and stuff like that, man, really blesses people. It's It's a lot of fun. And like I say, you don't have to do all the work unless God has gifted you with that level of hospitality and desire to do so. But get your other neighbors involved in planning and organizing and inviting and all that stuff. And man, you'll just build community like crazy. Here's one. This is this should blow your mind because uh, you know it's as Christians uh, we should be doing this anyways, but pray. Number 11 is pray every morning for opportunities to bless other people. Ask God every day to give you a heart for others. Everywhere you go, say a prayer asking for eyes to see and a heart to respond to people around you as you go about your day. So when you're on your way to the grocery store, play your fun music, you know, whatever you do, but but pray. Just say a simple prayer. Lord, I'm going to get groceries. I hope I'm not in there for more than half an hour or 20 minutes or 10 minutes, whatever your target time is. But Lord, would you let me see what I need to see? And would you give me patience to linger and a heart to linger with someone if I get the opportunity to chat with somebody in there today? 
Would you help me ask the right questions? Would you help me be a good listener? Uh, would you make me aware of my surroundings so I could sense things and through the Spirit and just be aware of what's going on? And Lord, if you choose to use me today while I'm at this grocery store, I'm available and I'm willing. Pray that everywhere you go before you go to work. Pray it first thing when you get up in the morning as you're getting around. Lord, I'm available today. Use me. Who do you want me to touch with your love and your grace and your mercy today? Do that every day. And while you're at the grocery store, number 12 is buy groceries for the person in front of you at the store or pay for someone's order behind you at the drive-thru. Everyone loves free. And an unexpected free can really make someone's day and make them smile, right? Every now and then spend your extra spending money this way and let them know they are loved and cared for by God. I had the opportunity uh, sometime last year, I think, I can't remember, but but uh, there's a lady in front of me, older gal with the cane, and uh, there was something she was going to have to put back she didn't have enough money for, and it was medicine. And so I just felt the spirit move in my heart, and uh, I, I said, I just stepped up and said, ma'am, I would love to pay for all of this for you. And I saw what she had. Um, I'd heard the amount that the cashier said, and I was just like, you know what? I can do that pretty easily today. And so I just stood, I just said, Hey, I'd like to take care of all of this for you. And she was stunned, um, blessed. She was very thankful. And, uh, uh, her son, her adult son was with her and somewhere else in the store trying to find something and came back and added on. So well, I'll pay for that. I was like, no, 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 I'm going to pay for that too. And uh, I could tell I really blessed them because I could tell they were feeling stress, and I could just I could just see it all over their faces. And paying for their stuff was a way for me. And actually, uh, uh, she said, "What made you do it?" I just said, "Well, I just God just told me to bless you guys, and I just wanted to make your day and and let you know that God cares for your needs and sees you and." Man, they they were so appreciative. It was really cool. It, they didn't fall over. They they didn't like. Oh my gosh, you know, uh, I didn't get to evangelize to them. I didn't get to dive into deep theology with them. I didn't even get to invite them to church for crying out loud. And I'm the pastor, <laughs> but I bless them with the love of God. And that's what's most important: is simply obeying God without strings attached. We don't have, we don't, we don't only bless and serve people if we get the opportunity to talk about Jesus. We bless and serve people because we love God and we love people. And we just simply are patient and wait for opportunities to talk about Jesus. And when it's just a little bit tougher too, when we talk about our own money, right? Very tough to do that at times, especially in the economy we're living in today and all the uncertainty we have with what the future might hold for us economically as a nation. Gas prices are as high as they've been in many, many, many years, and people are hurting and struggling. So helping someone like this is going to impact them tremendously. And here's another one, too. And this is something I get pushback from a lot of people on this, and I'm actually surprised by um, the passionate pushback I get on this. But number 13 is tip at restaurants with uncommon 
generosity regardless of the service you receive. And that's where people go, eh, they were lousy waiter or waitress. And so they don't, you know, I'm just, I'm promoting bad behavior by tipping them well. I'm going to give them the least amount possible. That's not really what God ever does for us. You're not really doing your best. You're not really working as hard as you could be, Brian. So I'm going to withhold my blessings from you. I'm going to give you the least amount of my goodness and my grace and mercy as possible today because you're just not cutting it. You kind of ticked me off. You gave me a little bit of attitude and lip. And so I'm just going to withhold my goodness from you. Ridiculous, right? Totally ridiculous. And yet there are a lot of Christians that go into restaurants feeling like, you know, it's all about them. It's all about getting good service. And if you give me good service, then I'm going to tip you. Sometimes not even well. I'm going to give you the bare minimum. I'm going to give you 10% or 12 or 15, whatever it is these days. And we just don't have a heart for uncommon generosity when we go into restaurants sometimes. And I tell you what, that's a shame. And the hardest day, I heard this one time recently, the hardest day for restaurants and workers in restaurants are Sundays, afternoons, right after church. Their tips are the worst on Sunday afternoons when all the Christians are there eating lunch after church. Ladies and gentlemen, I say shame on us. We ought to be the best tippers, the most generous. Listen to this. Think about more than yourself when going into your favorite places to dine. God has called you to share his kingdom, so go into that restaurant and look for an opportunity to learn your waiter's name and maybe learn a little bit about them. You never know how a generous tip could encourage them and help them finish their shift strong. You also never know the type of day they've had. Their grumpiness could be a result of ill-mannered and selfish customers. So be light and hope when you go out to eat. Like seriously, we spend our money on so much junk and things that just don't last, that are here today, gone tomorrow. Why is it when we go into a restaurant, we just get super cheap with what we spend our money on? We just We don't value people. And we don't value the struggles they might have at a restaurant. It's like sometimes we go into restaurants and we just turn off our Christian knees. We turn off our Christian hearts and eyes and mentalities and hearts. And uh, it, it's just all about us, right? And I say shame on us. I say let's let's even go to restaurants, Christians. Pursuit friends, let's represent Jesus Christ in pursuit friends in our community and the body of Christ well. Let's tip with uncommon generosity. That's a great opportunity to bless somebody who's got a hard job that gets yelled at a lot that probably can work their butt off and still feel like they're not good enough. Let's go into those restaurants and let's bless people when we can. And let's do that with uncommon generosity and patience and grace for everyone we come in contact with. And then last but not least... And I would just want to restate this list is not exhaustive. This is just our initial list. We hope to add to it. I hope one day to do another podcast where we have 10 more ideas. But here we go, number 14. Offer to do yard work 
for or with your neighbors. <gasps> but that takes time. That's so hard. It's laborious. Gas prices are skyrocketing. Some people really like being outside and doing yard work, while others hate it. Look for opportunities to help your neighbors get their yard work done faster or even do it for them once in a while. <gasps> oh, that's radical. That's too much. That's just more than Jesus expects us to do. <laughs> I hope you know I'm being sarcastic. When you're raking leaves in the fall, <gasps> do a neighbor's yard too. Raking leaves is one of the worst <laughs> yard jobs, in my opinion. It is one of the worst because you don't just rake. Thank God for the invention of leaf blowers. Oh, my gosh. I've got a backpack one. It was a gift from my wife uh, a few years ago for Christmas. Uh, it, it is the best tool I have in the fall, especially around fall uh, when I need. Because we've got a big old yard. We've got a duplex as well that we have to take care of all the leaves. And there's one year there I had to ba I bagged 100 big bags of leaves there at the duplex. Uh, I hate doing leaves. Uh, so when someone does that for me unexpectedly, oh, it is a huge blessing. So do a neighbor's yard, too. When you're mowing, offer to do theirs since you're already out. Shovel a neighbor's driveway in the winter. The list goes on. There's all sorts of stuff you can do in people's yards for them to bless them. This is a great blessing to many people, especially people that are really busy. You know, that neighbor beside you that might uh, be the last to get their lawn mowed um, and be behind. You know, I mean, it, I think sometimes we make too big a deal about that, but... You know, ask them, is, would you like me to mow your yard? I know you're really busy. You know, I'd love to do it for you. No strings attached. Just I'm out here already hot and sweaty. I might as well keep going and save you that hassle today. Oh, I'm telling you what a blessing that that can be for your neighbors. And it's a blessing when it happens to you too. And I believe that if you start doing that in your neighborhood, you might start something where your neighbors see what you're doing and they might start doing that for other neighbors too. It might just impact your neighborhood that way. Maybe it's possible. It's possible. Let your kids pitch in and help out too. Let them see this happening and teach them how to live this way. This list of 14 is not exhaustive, but it is a great start. It is a great start. If you have more creative ideas and ways to bless your neighbors, feel free to share them by sending them via email to myself, Pastor Brian, at brian at pursuitfriends.org. You can send them to Pastor Kristen at kristen at pursuitfriends.org. And we would love to update this list as often as we need to in order to keep it fresh and help each other come up with more and more ways to bless those around us more often. This is part of our call as Christians. Jesus made it very clear when he was asked what are the two greatest commandments, most important things, and he said, love the Lord your God with everything. Give him everything you have. Serve him with all you have. And then he said the second thing was to love your neighbors as yourself. It's not an option. It's not a suggestion. That's the second most important commandment of God himself. And Jesus said it. It's out of the mouth of Jesus. Love your neighbors as yourself. I want to challenge you right now because I just I feel 
empowered to feel an anointing right now to say, if you don't know that your neighbor's name, it's it, this is the month, this is the week, this is the year. This is the season to know your neighbor's name. That's where it starts. Friendly hellos and highs are wonderful. But you ought to be able to say, Hello, John. Hello, Susie. You ought to at least know their names. It's pretty simple. And this list might be a great way. There might be things on this list that would help you learn your neighbor's names, give you the opportunity to interact with them more often. Be a neighbor that is accessible. Be a neighbor that is available. Be a neighbor that is open to other people's lives everywhere you go. It's it's in your actual neighborhood, on your actual street, but it's also at your place of work. It's also at your place of education. It's at the place where you hang out and have fun, where you work out. It's at the grocery store. Be available. And I'm telling you, your availability and obedience to God, your desire to obey God will open up doors for you. And I want to encourage you, because I encourage Whitmer House Church to do this too, Actually change your prayers and start praying radical prayers, saying, God, give me opportunities to get to know my neighbors more, to hang out more, to learn about them more, to learn where I can serve them more, and to bless them more. Give me this opportunity, Lord. I want to I want to see people the way you see them, and I want to serve them the way you desire for me to serve them. It's not about us, Christians. It's not just about getting to heaven and escaping this earth. We are called to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ upon this earth right now, and our salvation that we have that is based that is that goes through and into e- the the foreverness of eternity is supposed to set us free to a new life here on earth. To a life of compassion and a life of service and a life of putting others need other needs ahead of our own. Let's open our eyes and let's see people like Jesus sees them. Let's open our hearts and invite people into our lives the way Jesus did in the way Jesus desires us to do. And we'll see amazing things happen, no doubt, in my mind. God will use you more than you ever dreamt possible. I promise. In Jesus' name, I leave you with this blessing. Go. And do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Love your neighbors as yourself. And may the blessing of God pour down rain upon your life as a result. May he fill you with his presence, with his spirit, and with a new courage and boldness to do these things. Not by your own might, not by your own power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Stand united in true devotion 
Ain't no revolution gonna change the way we think Ain't no politician gonna do a thing for you and me When I look around, all I hear are the boys and girls going back and forth Just like children fighting a war that will only end with more division give up now, gonna do my best to shine my light somehow, cause the pain is growing, my heart is heavy, we better know when to throw in the towel, ain't no revolution gonna change the way we think, ain't no politician gonna do a thing for you and me, we need love, we need hope, we need help from God above, we need grace to win the day. Light to shine the way. We need peace. We need joy. We need God to give us ease. We need resurrection power. We need Jesus in this hour. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. When my knees hit the ground and I pray for the day when we all get along. Living in a world with it is the same We need a remedy I don't wanna give up now Gonna do my best to shine my light somehow Cause the night is dark and this life is hot I have a God who is stronger than me Ain't no revolution gonna change the way we think Ain't no politician gonna do a thing for you and me We need love the way we need peace we need joy only god can give us these we need resurrection power we need jesus this is for the christians everybody listen no one's interested in your position or who you didn't vote for or who you're gonna vote for what people need to know is what jesus died for he bled for them he died for them the bible even says that jesus cried for them i wonder if our love is anything like this i wonder if the world can even see in us the hope of eternity, the love and the joy that is deep in us needs to be seen in us so they can really see there's something different a reason to investigate the claims we make so let the light of Jesus start to resonate let them see the reason why we gravitate towards the only God who's really got the power to save and the power to heal the hope of salvation has got to be real it's got to be lived out no matter how we feel but especially in how we live, how we love the gospel is most powerful when it's lived. We need love, we need hope, we need help from God above. We need grace to win the day, we need light to shine the way. We need peace, we need joy, only God can give us these. We need resurrection power, we need Jesus in this hour. We need resurrection power, we need Jesus in this hour.